0: Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes, and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. On this episode of the Career
1: Musician Podcast, we have Jay Deal. Jay Deal has worked with a bevy of amazing artists, including but not limited to Janet Jackson, Elton John, Lady Gaga, Queen Latifah, Snoop Dogg, Joe Jonas, Neo, Mary Mary, Kelly Rowland, Diane Warren, Omarion, Jessica Simpson, Kirk Franklin, MC Light, and Andre Crouch, just to name the ones that are on the credits page of his website. Well, here's what's really cool about Jay Deal is he's multifaceted as a keyboard player and a bass player but also a mathematician i'll let Jay deal himself tell you all about it on this episode of the career musician podcast all right fantastic Jay deal welcome to the career musician podcast
2: thanks for having me and thanks for your patience <laughs> Been a long time coming
1: yeah, it has. Man, I ha- I was sitting here boiling with excitement while we're doing all the technical stuff because there's so many things I want to start talking to you about. And, man, I'm just going to start right out the gate. So I feel like we know each other by so many degrees of separation. Actually, mm-hmm. not that many degrees because it turns out uh, we've worked with a lot of the same artists. Um, mm-hmm. Over the years, I noticed on your resume, Vicky Winans, T.D. Jakes, Karen Clark Sheard, mm-hmm. you know, so just to name a few but wow, super excited to have you here. You are a keyboardist, a bassist, and a mathematician, your website says. I mean, let's come on, that's that's I, some heavy stuff right there. <laughs> I do my best,
2: man. I just deal with the cards I've been given. So you know, are you right. from
1: the Detroit area? No, I'm from New York originally.
2: New York. Okay. So you yeah. probably ran into Kern somewhere along the way too.
1: Kern, that's right. Yeah, that's yes. how I got
2: introduced to all those artists, so yeah, man. I'm sure if we just talk for five minutes about who we know, it's like the same circles of people.
1: Yeah, we'd connect all those dots. Yeah. Man. The first time I met Kern, he was with Mary J. Blige, uh-huh. uh, and I was with Kirk Whalem, uh-huh. and we went to South Africa together no
2: way you were there yeah was it the yeah were you a- the Delta thing was it that yes yes uh wait so circa like 98 yeah 98 99 yeah, 99 right there. bro that oh. was an amazing experience you were there
1: yes okay well it explains it all now
2: <laughs> bro so many people were there like gordon campbell i was with drew hill right.
1: oh okay. so gotcha and
2: stevie wonder and them were out there and oh, all that kind right. of stuff yes That's crazy yeah, I'm finding out literally 20 years later people who were on that experience. It's so crazy.
1: Isn't that something?
2: Yeah, man. Wow. That yeah, was don't... my
1: first time in South Africa. It was gorgeous. Me Such too. Such a good I... time.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too, man. I... Yeah. They took us over. Um, We were in some tour bus or something, and we went over the apex of a hill, and it just showed the whole landscape and scenery. Never seen anything that beautiful in my life to this day.
1: Right. Breathtaking.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you got a lot to talk about. I'm sorry, man. I'm yeah, No, we do. No, we, we could sit here and
1: reminisce forever. This is beautiful. All right. So first of all, you know, when you go to your website, really well done, by the way, jdeal.net, for those who are listening, um, and J is spelled J-A-E-D-E-A-L.net. Um, I love the way you have it set up. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because right off the bat, You start with what's kind of like a mission statement or tagline, you know, across several disciplines, visionary, award-winning composer, college professor, mathematician, and global leader. So stellar creative execution with iconic artists, exemplifying integrity, integrity, acumen, and class. This is everything that the career musician embodies. Like, it's, I feel like we are such kindred spirits. So that's why I'm leading with this. Uh, You know, for us to not really be close and have dialogue, although that's gonna change now. Uh I, I feel like we're just such kindred spirits. So please expound on this. Tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you were able to, you know, pull all these things together mm-hmm. into one force.
2: I think so that description is a story in itself. I mean, after years of being in the industry and you know the ups and the downs, I mean, every day is not that synopsis of my career like today before I got on the call. I'm like my daughter's got a headache. Uh, (laughs) you know. That's real (laughs) life. Yeah. That's real life, you know, and and yeah, we haven't hit those um magnificent artist moments today. We've we've had none of that today. It's just (laughs) uh calling back, uh calling uh Blue Cross and Blue Shield about my insurance. All regular life stuff. But what I did was when it was time to redo my website, I just I had um, a sketch of my biography. And um, I tell a lot of my students, I'm like, you know, look to look for concision because we only get one shot to really make that impression. And people, if the more that they have on their plate, they don't have time to read a lot. So I just was like, let me just apply this to myself. And I tried to just simplify and embody everything that I believe that I achieved and aim to continue to achieve in bullet points. And then I put those bullet points together into what's shorter than a paragraph pretty it's maybe it's not even sentences,
1: right? <laughs> that's the other thing. Like bu- bullet points basically. They're bullet yeah. points. Yeah. And
2: so that is, uh, that's pretty much, I forgot what the question was exactly, but that speaks to, um, just how that description shows up, and it's kind of just some advice for people who are coming up. Um, that's perfect. You, that's that's yeah. the perfect,
1: uh, you know, explanation of, of these uh, concepts and philosophies and items that you have strung together. Um, so, yeah, let's start right at the top. USC adjunct professor I kind of want to focus a little bit on this because that is such a big deal. And for those listeners who aren't hip to, you know, the Los Angeles scene and and what USC is and and the level of university, maybe if you could talk a little bit about that Mm -hmm. and uh, how you got how you got into that gig.
2: Well, Sean Holt brought me in and he does a lot of TV stuff, a lot of movie stuff. That's right. It's so funny that we were doing a, uh, I'm not going to say what film festival it was, but we, we were doing a local film festival and uh, I was slated to speak in a spot and no one showed up because of some scheduling um, issues within the festival. It was mm-hmm. literally three people in the audience at my wow. slot when it's time to show up. Uh, but I, they said, do you want to speak? I said, I'll do it anyway. I spoke. Sean heard a little bit of it from the hallway and said, Man, let's sit down to lunch. And he was a a USC professor already in the pop pop program. And we started talking. He's like, Hey, man, come on and visit sometime. I'll introduce you to Patrice Russian. And that's how I started. So that's how I got in. And if, if I hadn't been, I guess, open minded enough or just like understand how these things work to talk to three people, I wouldn't have been able to reach thousands of people at
1: USC. Man, oh, so that's that, how I got in. <laughs> that's impactful. Let's talk about that because sometimes people feel like, "Oh man, there's three people in the room. You know what, guys, let's just cancel the gig, call it a night." But that's mm-hmm. definitely not the way to go, you know?
2: Yeah, it was a it was a sacrifice um at the time because I did want to go. I was like, "Man, and I wouldn't <laughs> have been really you know, de- depending on the circumstances, people would have understood, but probably knowing me and what I've to, uh, learn to understand I would have connected with those three people saying look here's my information I, I, I now have the bandwidth to stay in contact with you all personally since it's That's only right. three of you but uh, I just was staying open to whatever was coming my way and, and it happened that way and I, I approach my USC uh, responsibilities much the same way there is a, an art to teaching at a university level especially a globally ranked university But at every instance that I can get to make a direct one-to-one connection with my students, I go for it. Right, right. And so that's uh, pretty much my experience at at USC on a a very, uh, looking at it from a high level.
1: That's brilliant. Can you tell us a little bit about the the scope of what you teach over there?
2: I am, and my direct um, superior is Rick Schmuck. So he hired me. He's over the production and music technology departments there. So I teach in that vein. I teach an intro to logic, intro to Pro Tools, a Pro Tools course. Um, and then one of my favorite classes, and I get to say that because others are really, you know, we're, we're just, <laughs> everybody gets the same basics, regimented how to use a doll. Um, right. But one class where I get to be creative and scope out the Uh, skill sets of the students and maximize those is a class called advanced desktop production and it's a 400 level course sometimes i have some master students who need a music technology requirement that they can take this course as an elective and we talk about maximizing the uh production efficiency and effectiveness Mm -hmm. of a producer from a laptop And we go into hybrid production and augmenting um, live sounds with computer sounds and the other way around, computer sounds with live. So, yeah. And then I have a ton of private students there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Hmm. Piano and bass or, or production as well for the private students?
2: It's funny, man. Like, this school is so big. They have all these divisions and subdivisions i have nothing to do with bass at that school <laughs> ah okay great yeah yeah, yeah yeah so they're just finding out that i play any kind of instruments and there gotcha. was one student that uh rick found out that i do some arrangements he Said, hey can you help one of these private students with orchestral arrangement i said well sure and it worked out it worked nice. out. but right now i'm primarily dog um you know
1: okay pro tools okay.
2: logic kind of thing
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's the perfect segue because then I noticed that you've worked with so many big artists as uh, their program, their you know their uh, what are you their playback engineers or built helping building the show for their live performances. Talk about that. I mean, just to name one right off the top, Janet Jackson, and you know, again, the list goes on. So tell us about that if you wouldn't mind.
2: Yeah, um, it was around 2004 when I got my first. Mac laptop and before then I was watching engineers uh, on Pro Tools and I was really just watching them and studying from afar but I couldn't actually get my hands on a computer until 2004 and that's when I started getting into programming reason and understanding the waves Um, some of them still very popular today. That's when I first had the opportunity to really get into MIDI programming, and um, recording my own parts into uh, a doll, and then editing them. And what I started finding, because back in the day, we used to augment uh, these live shows with ADATs. I mean, DATs, uh, DA88s. Right. DA88s,
1: then, yeah. yeah.
2: Then the KAIs came along, the rack-mountable a- samplers. And then it was like, yo, we can do this with a computer. If we had the right audio interface to get the all the outs simultaneous. So I just started um, using, taking a laptop and having the two track come out and we would play over that. And then it's got more advanced. And then right. through the relationships that I had of people along the way, like church and jazz clubs, they ascended and they would call me and say, hey, why don't you help us with this aspect of it? And it took a life of its own from there.
1: I love that, man. I love that. If you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, and trust me, I know that you're an extremely humble person. uh, But talk a little bit about your resume and all these credits. I mean, you know, Elton John, Lady Gaga, like I said, Janet Jackson, Neo, Queen Latifah, Joe Jonas. um, And it seems like you have been involved with a lot of these artists in different areas.
2: Right, right. Well, half of those people I got in through Adam Blackstone. (laughs) which is somebody that i grew up with and the things he's achieved i mean he's a he's emmy nominated 2020 right now uh, for his super bowl thing with j-lo uh so he took it to a whole nother plane but there was a time when him being younger than i am that he would call me and probably "Man, man i'm just keeping in contact or you know you got any advice blah 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 and that was short-lived (laughs) because not too long after that, he was hiring me to do gigs. You know, if he was out of town or whatever, um, then he would call me to fill in just cause he knew like, Oh, this guy's solid. He communicates well, he can get the job done. And then as he started going up, I was right behind him, you know, finding things to do that would, uh, make it happen so one day he was uh the md for kanye um a massive tour and janet jackson was in the audience and she called uh she found some i don't know how she did it but she called somebody and said i want that musical director <laughs> there you go and it was adam and when he got the gig he called the people closest to him that he could trust He was like man this is the biggest thing i've ever done you know, I'm, I can't do it on my own. Are you down? And we all came through. Um, so that, of one good turn, deserves another. Uh, between him and then right behind him, Kerngate was giving me the Neo gigs, the right. Jessica Simpson gigs. Um, well, that was Gordon Campbell again, but we were all in the same circles with Kern um, doing the Neo thing. So it just like if everybody's on a gig and they can trust each other and they perform well, and you get a call for another big gig, you just say, hey, why don't we call the same people we've been successful with? That's right. And that's how that happened. And Kern got me, uh, we did Lady Gaga's first um, uh, TV show. So, yeah, Kern was busy with uh, somebody, Mary or Faith Evans, and he couldn't do, and and see, Gaga wasn't out yet. So, um, as far as like, uh, I guess, priorities and where he had to, his physical body had to be mm. at the time. They were rolling at that time that, you know, Mary already yeah. had multiple Grammys. And here is Gaga, who we know is going to be magnificent, but she is just right. starting. So we're in rehearsals. She was super cool. She knows how to play the instruments. She was showing me stuff on synth bass, which was, I loved it. Nice. And uh so we're getting ready to do the show. Monty Nuble's on the gig as well. Right. And uh who's the guitar i want to say uh Tim Stewart. Tim Stewart, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was so, just on
1: a couple episodes ago, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, so and we had Adam as well back episode seventeen. Sorry, I just wanted okay. to throw that yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. These it's are all the guys, the this is the too. fam. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, so we're so sitting continue.
2: there on uh, we're on uh, Jay Leno and the you know how he does his little spiel in the beginning and he holds up then what was the CD. And he was like, welcome, Billboard's number one artist, Lady Gaga. And we all looked at each other like, Billboard number one? So we get through the song, next morning, sure enough, we looked on the Billboard charts and Lady Gaga came out of nowhere. Like, (laughs) she wasn't even in the top 20 the day before and the next day she was number one. So... Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, it was just relationships that got me there. It's Ah. just doing my best, coming through and communicating. That's that's the
1: good stuff. That's (laughs) the good stuff. That's what I'm trying to get to. This is the meat and potatoes. This is what I want all the aspiring uh, career musicians to understand. Um, it's relation. I always say it's the R word relationships. You can't just walk into a situation and expect things to happen immediately, perfectly, you know, all of a sudden, wow, you're just working and things are great. You have to cultivate those relationships.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they take a little time to just do up, you know, it's like, that's right. Anything of quality is just, in most cases, there's this backstory to it. So backstory. Yes. Even if I met somebody with extraordinary skill today, I have to watch them for a little bit because I have too much to protect, and it's too many That's people right. dependent. So I'm like, okay, well, how do you do when things aren't going too well, or how do you go, how are you when things are going amazing?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> are you going to fly off the handle and be somebody that I didn't see before the success? And right. how do you communicate? Do you disappear at times, or even if even if you are going to take a break do you just send that phone call and be completely transparent say hey i'm about to be out for two weeks you know um i've had i've given up gigs sometimes on that like when bb Rexa first came out and uh adam called me for it but my daughter was living in tokyo at the time and uh i could have missed half of the rehearsals And kind of like wiggled my way through because I had a planned trip out of town to go see my daughter. But I told him straight up, I was like, man, I have this planned trip to go see my daughter, and I don't want to jeopardize the energy of the total group. And he's like, dang, all right, well, I got to call somebody else. But he asked me for a recommendation. So I recommended somebody. And they love me for it.
1: (laughs) Look at that. And that's how it works. That is how it works. This is perfect because it ties into one of the questions I ask everybody about, you know, etiquette, whether it's touring etiquette or studio etiquette. And this is the the foundation of this etiquette that we're talking about. Communication. And, you know, if you're not going to be around, if you're not going to answer your texts or your phone calls or emails, let people know, hey, I'm going to take this little break. I need to do this for a minute, but you know, if you hit me up, I'll get back to you. Just give me a couple days, you know, but uh-huh. I will get back to you. Don't just this whole concept of ghosting. I don't understand it, but you know, it's it, <laughs> it, it just easier to just say, you know what, Hey man, I'm not interested. So sorry. Thank you for your time. You know, yeah. just, just get it done. Right. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. And it's so, it's so funny. You mentioned that it's an interesting dynamic it's like a synergy of being having that integrity and moving up the ladder. So it might seem counterintuitive to not have those hard conversations sometimes, but indubitably, those are the conversations that people trust you more and you can handle more and they trust you more like having the uh, integrity to turn down a gig because you can't make all the rehearsals or, um, I'm going to be late or I got to change the date of something. But having that hard conversation, even I've, I'm dealing with a project now where there's an artist, she works on a super high level, but I had to tell her like we creatively, can you do something with the tracks you sent? Um, and she responded favorably in which I now understand why. She's done things she's done and in return while I was when she said oh yeah by the way i use uh omnisphere right then and there i wanted to do okay. things i said i got on i hit james Bernard at spectrosonics and i said hey i'm working on blah 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 with this uh songwriter and she's using spectrosonics and it's just because of how she handled that situation with maturity and integrity that made it like i felt like okay now we could move into some other realms now and get get these right. endorsements going and maybe possibly i'll call you first for another high profile situation
1: look at that it takes the relationship to a deeper level yeah
2: yeah it does yeah that's
1: beautiful that's beautiful all right so so before the relationships get cultivated many of us uh, you know who are transplants we come out here to la in search of work, right we come out west to, to, to mine for gold <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. you know? and in the beginning, I remember I came out in 2005. Okay. Uh, prior to that I had been emailing all my buddies and, and, and calling you know hey, I'm thinking about coming out and you know people are like, yeah, come on out you know once you get here, let me know so that's the first thing I did. I sat down every morning for probably two weeks and just made phone calls and emails for three hours every morning just you know diligently and sure enough. Those relationships start to present themselves. Mm. However, some of them weren't there, so I had to go audition. I'll never forget my first proper audition.
2: Me too. See? There you go.
1: (laughs) 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 I think we all came through that school at that point, at that point in time, you know? It was a good, uh, probably 10, 20 years of where you had to go through camp, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about the auditioning process. I remember what it was like for me, but I love hearing, you know, perspectives from other people. Once again, with the young career musician of, you know, with aspirations of coming out to LA and getting the gig.
2: hmm Yeah, you yeah. Know.
1: Talk about auditioning. What that was like for you?
2: Um, that was the only audition that I did, surprisingly, ah, and I go. was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrible, man. It, I really was, like, based on the level of the gig, and you know, you know him. He's gonna tell you the raw, uncut truth. That's right. And I'm so grateful for it, you know, because it <laughs> it was so raw. Like, it was just like you, young people. Sometimes you might think somebody's hating on you when you get the truth if you're not at that level but it takes someone with enough courage and uh even integrity within themselves to one not not to lie and be like oh no no yeah you are cool man and then they don't mess with you after that
1: that's right i'm
2: not like that either um i my style i'm a little different because i know that i work i uh i come i rise to the occasion better with positive reinforcement But I had to mature and learn to, no matter how I feel like it's coming at me, to separate the delivery from the truth and just look at the truth. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: my bass was out of tune. I was Mm -hmm. playing all over the place. And I wasn't, there was, I was not listening to the album and playing the parts (laughs) and understanding my role. Um, in the in orchestration in a pop, in a pop context, and yes. I got an earful of it.
1: <laughs> That's right. These are such key factors of what goes into an audition. Because remember, yeah. when you audition to play, like you said, in an orchestrated situation, a band it doesn't matter if it's a full symphony or a four piece, you know, modern ensemble. You have to play your part.
2: You have to, especially with these production artists, where. Everything, sometimes with Janet, it starts with the music. The choreography is built off of the music. The light show is built off of the music. And everything goes to Simply Code. So everything about the lights and the effects and the even the mix. So, you know, when I'm supposed to be holding a football, if I decide to come out of pocket and do something crazy, but the, you know, the engineer has that turned up. For an effect
1: right Right.
2: it throws them off and and very you know even for drummers especially or um every little thing they do on the cymbals. if that's in the music that the uh dancers get from the beginning they choreograph to these little nuances so you got to play the same thing verbatim from that point that's right (laughs) and they'll miss it if they if they do a dance move and they don't hear that little nuance they turn it around, and then the vibe gets kind of strange. You I, know? Have,
1: I have seen choreographers look back like, hey, what's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. dance to it 20 times that day to the right. recording. So by the time That's they cool. come in the room, and they don't hear. So little things like that. And, um, yeah, it helped me to grow. I, after that, not too long after that, I got my first bass endorsement because I was now more sensitive to the instrument. Right. And the quality of it and the upkeep and everything about a base that I could learn in a short amount of time, you know, because I was heading towards being one of the bigger fish in my small pond in my hometown. And then I got to L.A. and it's like, yo, it's a different ball game out here. We're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not even guppies
1: know. when we come out here, right? We're like, exactly. We know. hope somebody will birth us, really. You know, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Well, that's, that's an amazing experience. I, I have many, you know, stories and they're all valuable, like you say. Uh, mm-hmm. You said something that's really important. We have to learn, uh, perhaps especially when we're younger or older, just depends. Hopefully we learn this lesson sooner than later. You have to learn how to separate the truth from the delivery. Yeah. That's a great line. That's a great concept. Yeah. yeah, at this
2: level, I, I found people who have a higher emotional intelligence get further as well. That's right. Um, especially and being artist it's sometimes hard to separate or compartmentalize what you do from who you are. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm saying I don't accept. Like let's say if there's a a, a player Johnny, it's not like I'm saying Johnny. I, I'm not saying I don't accept you as a person because. This that you're doing needs to be better, you know, but uh, even as a music producer, I used to really take it personal when somebody didn't like it. But now I look at it like I want everybody to like it or at least a high percentage of people from a mathematician's point of view. So if somebody (laughs) tells me they don't, I take it as a challenge to say, okay, thank you for that feedback, because next time you hear this joint, (laughs) you're going to love it.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's right. And the most successful corporate entities survive by that feedback.
2: Indeed. You know, and you want to work with them, so That's yeah. right. We yeah. need
1: that feedback for ways to, to improve so we can figure out how to, like you said, fine tune those nuances on ourselves, right?
2: Yeah. 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 Always getting better and you know, take, not taking it personal personal is good for someone's not only their mental health, but their physical health. It's all related. And I get it now if I walk in the room and I look a little younger than my actual age and people know how old I am, I might get an extra gig or, you know, now it's like consultation in this stage of my career. People value my opinion, but I have a piece about me when I come in the room and, and some answers to some really tough questions and a delivery style that keeps everyone Connected and peaceful, solution oriented. that's So nice. that's how I'm able to transcend, like coming out of a musician. I had to take that feedback from the auditions and say, okay, this is it. But then getting into a producer and a musical director in my 30s. And now there's musical styles change and people's lifestyles. I got my daughter now. So now it's kind of consultant. People call me on the front end of things because I've done so many things. And this is how I carry myself as a I, I guess I can call it a wisdom artist. <laughs> I'm still an artist, you know. Hey, it's Jay Dill here, and you're listening to the
0: Career Musician Podcast with Nomad in the House. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere.
1: Subscribe to the brand new Career Musician YouTube channel. Now streaming all of the
0: Career Musician podcast episodes.
1: That's right. right I just yeah. lo- I just love the way you package things up and deliver it and I noticed something I think it was on the, the Jam Card app that I hit you up uh, yeah, 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 which shout out to JamCart. Love those guys. What a fantastic love Jam Card. Yeah, what a fantastic system they've developed and Elmo and, and Jack and and Christian everybody over there. Um yeah. But you said something on there. You said an altruist, and I said, "Oh man, altruism! I love that." You know, once again, I just love your delivery. You know, your wisdom, artist, altruism. You know, the acumen. These are all term- This is all terminology that I toss around on a daily basis because, like the title suggests, this is a career. Yeah. You know, we don't just play for fun. We don't just noodle around and do a gig. At, you know, like we used to when we were teenagers. Right. We built full-fledged careers out of this
2: indeed i love how you put that because i can cut grass for money but if i could also build a team of people and have a landscaping company and build a career
1: now that's a career thank (laughs) you that's a
2: career (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying you're not gonna run out of clients that way (laughs) when you were
1: 14 mowing lawns in your neighborhood for a couple bucks that's different but then you build a man that's it Beautiful. Mm All right, so uh, look, I could sit here and ask you a million questions, so I'm trying to be very you know, pinpointed to get to the real good stuff here. Um, Let's talk about studio, because you mentioned a little bit about the touring etiquette and the audition process. Let's talk about studio etiquette. I think, once again, like you used the example, hey, Johnny, it's not that I don't like you as a person, I just think that part that you played needs to be tweaked. We need to flip it like this. And I think that happens a lot in the studio, I also think that a lot of times, again, I say this, but, you know, when we have less experience, we think we could just blurt everything out that we're thinking in the studio. And the Mm -hmm. producer is just like, hey, wait a minute, buddy. I'm producing this," you know? Yeah. (laughs) Talk about that studio etiquette from your experience.
2: Uh, Yeah, I've I've earned my stripes in that, you know, especially (laughs) (laughs) if you have a, if you've been blessed to see some things happen at a young age you sometimes I know me personally I, I, I kinda had it twisted in some ways cuz I had it easy er from being exposed to such great situations from people like the Kearns and the uh, Stephen Fords back on the uh, East Coast right. um, and Stanley Brown in New York with Island Black Music he really put me on and he was really patient with me because I would see things happening, and to me it was like blatantly obvious. Like, well, why don't we just do this, <laughs> without understanding the other side, the business side of things? Hey, you gotta pay these people. You gotta invoice people. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, then there's a human resource element. Like this dude has a, right. this dude has a family to go back to. You know, we can't just take a million takes right now. So, or. Producers would sit there and talk to people for a while and I'm like, yo, let's get to let's play (laughs) (laughs) And I would say these things and one key Element that I guess I didn't pick up until a little later in my early or or mid-20s is when somebody who is in a position of Responsibility of taking care of things and then they just stop and get silent and They kind of take a breath and You know So when I was younger, I took that as, oh, that's open door for me to kind of show what I got. I can kind of help out with my expertise. But really, they were just bringing themselves down to a point and establishing their, um, I guess, the fact that they were the principal. So it calmed everybody else down in the room. It's like, okay. And everybody else that understood what was going on, they're like, all right, let's. Listen to what the leader is saying right now. So I had to learn that, Um uh, picking up on those nonverbal cues
1: on those cues. Yeah. yeah.
2: Those cues. Yeah. subtle so because they'll, 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 they won't come out of pocket and just say that you're messing up. They just won't call you back the next time.
1: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. I have a couple of stories about the no callback. Yikes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and I'm,
1: I'm
2: a different type of guy too because i run into those but now at the risk of even being misunderstood i'll try to use it as an education moment and i'll pull them to the side without fronting them and i be like this is something you might want to look out for and a good 50 percent of the time they don't get it it's the first time somebody's telling them that if they're not like the son or the daughter of of someone who's been in the industry and they've or mm-hmm. been exposed at early age, they take mm-hmm. it like, yo, J.D. was hating on me. But then they invariably come back years later and be like, you know what? Wow. Yeah. When you told me that, I didn't get it until like a a year ago when I was in, in charge. Right. <laughs> That's right. And so, sometimes it, ta- uh, it takes right. that. It takes that transition
1: right. of position to to recognize it, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's, you know, and, and then uh, also understanding what is the intention, what's the goal, what's the aim of this thing. Um, and, it's, and in most cases, no matter what role you are, not, unless you are the artist and the centerpiece, it's not about you. It's most likely about a couple things in general, like a label and the artist and the producer, or that's the right. song or the message of the song, or the production of the song. So having those um, objectives in mind from the start and being aware of them will inform how to go about playing your role in that situation. And I think that's something that new players can ask a couple key questions, why? Like, why Mm. am I here? (laughs) Why did they call me? And why are they doing things this way? In that, right. In, you know. Yeah.
1: And, and recognizing the fact that there are many people they could call. Mm-hmm. You, you are not special. <laughs> You're yeah. here because they saw something in you and they figured, oh, they saw you know, potential and said, yeah, I can work with this person and this is great and they can fill the position and will be fantastic. But know that you are replaceable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's three people right? on the list already. they might have called one of the other ones first but right they were busy and you got it but they'll most gladly wait till the other (laughs) person
1: i always say that you don't know if you're number two three four five or six call you don't know which number you are you just yeah you you know make it
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
1: (laughs) count your blessings that you're sitting in that chair. Yeah. Yeah, man. Man, Talking about things like rehearsals and again, you're, you're saying there's so many other elements that are involved that perhaps we don't see as just, you know, you're coming in as an instrumentalist to play a part in this big production with many different spokes in the wheel, right? You're just one Mm -hmm. of those spokes. We might not see all these other things that are in play. And whether you're in a rehearsal or a studio session, and there's downtime, what I always tell musicians: become really good at multitasking. So if you're in the booth, if you know, if you're sitting in there with a live tracking situation, and it's you and four or five other musicians, and there's some discussions going on, in you know, out there in the in the control room, mm-hmm. you know, be chill, be calm. Right. You know, and and if you you want to talk to the other musicians, that's great, but as long as you keep it down, you're not acting all crazy and screaming and yelling and laughing, you know, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's a chill situation and maybe you're new, you know, bring a book, read read something on your phone, you know, just get used to multitasking, right? Or better yet, maybe if it's a long rehearsal and you're waiting in the hallway and you're just like, oh, man you know, instead of opening your mouth. Hey, what are we doing? Why aren't we getting this show on the road? Right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's definitely a vibe. Yeah.
1: It's understanding
2: that it's a vibe thing. It's energy thing. And uh, I love, I love how you're looking at it. Like from a time management standpoint, I look at it as a combination of time management and uh, offer and acceptance. This is a legal term. And what, I feel like young musicians should understand when you agree to accept the job at the mm-hmm. terms that they're giving them to you, uh, everything that comes along with it, you accept that. You, you just accept that, no matter what it is. And if you start to realize it's not for you, you have you might have the ability to unaccept it, <laughs> but take the consequences that come along with it. You oh, know, So yes. don't complain about what you accept it. You know whether it's the dollar amount the time that's spent to do it the way the music is getting to you and if you feel you're going to climb up the ladder then challenge yourself to get a better gig if not uh, it, take what you accepted and do your 100 percent best at it make the most of it and and sometimes you have to make decisions to move on to climb up the ladder i know i did there was stuff where i was like no i can't accept that right now i can't right. accept that dollar amount for the amount of time you're asking me to put into it and then i had to accept being home not getting paid anything until something right. better came along i, I just had That's to accept right. it yeah it's and acceptance it, I love yeah that. and it worked out you know eventually because when i was home i was like all right well i need to be that guy in pro tools so i would just yeah. go hard and I wasn't getting paid in currency. I was getting paid in um learning agility and, and ability and skill sets. I was paying myself.
1: That's right. And
2: then I had extra things to raise my market value when it's time to find other gigs. And then I said, Now that Janet Jackson, let me think if I can accept that. Yeah, I can yes. accept that. Yeah, I can
1: accept that. <laughs> I can accept that you're you're restocking your toolbox is the way i like to look at it you're making sure that when you walk in you have the biggest toolbox that anybody's ever seen whoa this guy's skill set is amazing he could do xyz you know at every level
2: because even this everything's temporary you know this season Uh, of my life is not going to last for long you know being a consultant cool there's going to be some other cats who are working their way up the ranks from apprentice to finally musician to uh, A ranger. That regards, it's like okay. Well, let me build my own situation. <laughs> let me put the money into something that reflects my values and and dishes out the type of entertainment or exposure to the type of music and artists that I'm into. And I'm writing the checks, or my team is writing the checks, and we're putting this
1: out. So. That's right. I love it. Perfect segue into my next topic here: business acumen. You know, and how uh, how growth is such an essential part of what we do. Once again, looking at this as you know, I'm not just a musician; I'm a business person. Mm-hmm. And and how does my growth affect uh, you know my next stages? And, and like having the the acumen mm-hmm. to know, yeah. hey, I need to implement this. I need to uh, I need I need to uh, delegate and and build a team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I so d- do that us. for.
2: I do, that. I do that for projection out into the world, people who perceive it, the universe, and for myself. Because when I open my LinkedIn page, that's the first thing. Acumen, integrity, wisdom, whatever I have up there. It's a message to me sometimes. <laughs> like, bro, yeah. this is what you want to be. This is what you, you've worked on to be. But this is who you are you're giving, I'm giving myself that message, but it's also projecting out into the world. What do I want people to know about me? And that, that works for me. I guess people need to find what works for them. But for me, people eventually can find out that I play instruments or I'm connected to USC or that I've done things with Janet Jackson, but I've figured out that putting that statement, putting my mission statement in so many words up on every platform kind of weeds out the people that I really don't care to deal with anyway and attracts a whole nother set of people like yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know well, like you ditto <laughs> yeah you know so um, the business acumen part I just started learning early I'm like okay mm-hmm. as great as these people are as artists who are right are signing the checks like janet does movies she has children (laughs) and she's not on tour all the time so when she needs to take a break for her what am i going to do you know am i going to get more clients or am i going to diversify am i going to have some fun sitting in a financial instrument that aren't dependent on what entertainment is doing right now or how the music uh how the record industry is performing So, um, And how can I have them play against each other? How can I use my connections and relationships in music to to fuel assets in the financial realm and vice versa? Um, So I think that's something that people who get that early on in their career and lift the stigma off of what a full-time musician is. Because you can be a full-time in your spirit, But as far as full time with your minutes and hours and your dollars, you know, you're not sitting there doing that 24 seven. Let your money work for you 24 seven.
1: That's right. (laughs) Talk, 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 preach, man. Preach.
2: Come on. Tell us. So it's like, and, and I'm not ashamed. It was really 2015. I was literally cleaning toilets in a nursing home in 2015. Cause we needed money for my family. That's right. And this is after uh, some big gigs and still having a gig at church, you know, but we wanted a life for ourselves that I felt I would take the charge to not, uh, just take the setbacks that I had in the industry and just sit around and wait. That's right. So I got my mental health together. And I purposely put myself in a position to uh, appreciate the value of time and money again and mental health in a way. So I was just back to basics for myself, man. And um, it really helped me to, that's how That's how I worked my way into doing things that got me into USC again. Um, it was total redesign of my career at that point and not being ashamed to be uh, someone that, who handles my responsibilities by any means necessary right. and not feel like it diminished my, me as a creator. And uh,
1: man, you um, could say that statement a million times over. That's so heavy and important for people to understand
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. that it doesn't diminish you as a creator.
2: Not at all. And it's really society that's got it messed up, it's really that's the right. culture that's got it messed up. But we are human. We have lives, we have families, responsibilities, and you know, there's a narrow, there's a perception that's so narrow of what success is, that's been perpetuated, especially in America. It's capitalistic; it's built on passing dollars around, and the music, the powers in the music industry have no matter how it's been and exploiting that and images of what's successful, what's going to make money, and they make these decisions. And it is very hard to deal with that being a creative, especially in this country, and it's probably world spread worldwide now. But um, do, I, I just posted on Facebook yesterday, I said, choose one. Would you rather me listen to your music and never buy it, or buy your music and never listen to it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic and the, can i use that i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna have to borrow that bro <laughs> yeah yeah
2: I, I i did it was for me too so when you say it oh, again it'll bounce back and i'm just like Ugh. what are we doing it for and in a in a yeah. climate where the world is changing and we're challenging how what we think about everything everything I, yep It's going to go back to artistry and like what am i doing this for am i okay with being listened to and not heard or somebody just put money into it and they don't give a damn about what i'm saying but at least i'm free on the inside and i'm doing it because this is what i want to do and i'm going to say it the way that i want to say it and i got a message to get out there in my my way
1: you, you just skillfully and so articulately answered my next question without me even having to a- ask it. <laughs> Great question, minds think about <laughs> The question was, what are your principles and methods? And what does being a career musician mean to you? You just answered it. Man, that is brilliant. Uh, thank you. And I love something, uh, yeah, something else you said. I had to get my mental health together. Which yeah. means... And, that, and again, that's not in a negative connotation. That's saying I had to get my perspective yeah. of success and, and being a creator and real life. I had to get those perspectives tidied up, right? You had to do some house cleaning within yourself.
2: Had to. Had to. Because there's so many other things. And people will, when you say like numbing yourself, people will point to alcohol and drugs, right. which definitely are in that category. But what about being inundated with accolades and numbing yourself that way and uh yeah. the chase it could be like you know yeah. chasing your love interest or whatever and getting drunk off of that and it's finally like okay let me be sober-minded and really
1: what why am i here on
2: earth for one
1: <laughs> Existentialism, baby. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's
2: get that together for Let's one. Let's get deep. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you got uh, anybody, if you have anybody really that cares about you, and it's, that's just a human condition, being connected. Like, what am I? What's my? Pos, what is my position with these people to whom I'm connected? That's And right. how does that interplay? You know, and I was isolated for a long time chasing i i that's i was going to say that too i allow myself to change my dreams and my goals I, you know I, I, it takes a certain amount of rigor and discipline and and uh kind of uh, almost narrow vision to go for go but allow yourself to change your mind as well if it's for the betterment of your health and the relationships so I got back to getting cool with my family again, yeah. um, cause I thought they didn't understand me as an artist. Like I'm moving to LA, <laughs> mm, what are you chasing right. out there? No, y'all don't understand me. Then yeah. uh, they might, they might not. But I tell my students, I'm like, you, again that compartmentalization. Understand that they are showing you love in the way that they know how. So accept the love, but let the part that stung for you roll like water down your back receive right. the love and be cool with them not understanding that you are different and keep it moving
1: well you just answered my last question words of wisdom <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I <love it>. so, <laughs> oh man you're funny oh, so, man. so you're reading my mind this is fantastic I mean really <laughs> but that's those are those are great words of wisdom everything you said is, is, is you're a wisdom artist you said I love it so fantastic advice you know because a lot of people well they just don't understand me i'm an artist i'm different yeah. right yeah. but like what you said let that roll off your back and do understand that they're only asking out of the love of the that they have for you as as the person that you are yeah they yeah. don't understand what you mean to them yeah if they had right. the
2: same experiences and the same if their brand was wired like yours and they do what you do then maybe they would get it but They just don't, and you just got to understand that they're trying to do the best they can and and smile at them. I'll never forget, because my my dad, uh, he's one of my best friends in life, but he didn't understand the music thing. But when I got that Elton John credit, (laughs) the conversation started changing a little bit. He understood, huh? (laughs) He's like, yeah, son. we're here for you to support you anyway you can. <laughs> and before I wanted to go to college for music, I didn't even make right. it into the arts high school in my 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 hometown. I I, I didn't make it in. Really? They said that they didn't see enough innate talent. So uh. he was like, "Yeah, you're going to engineering school." He said, "God has blessed you, Jay." And he did because right. the yeah. math helps. And that's the the last word of wisdom to just end it on. I was I'm thinking. Thank you. Like, Everyone has their path and you just never know, you know, being a mathematician is one of my biggest assets as a musician today, but I couldn't see that earlier.
1: So, I mean, th- and, and I was saving that for the end because to me, that is the heaviest you know, aspect of this mathematician. Talk about that. So with, that was your original trajectory. This was your original innate talent with mathematics
2: I think i just happened to be good at it and i ended up in some good schools but yeah i mean now i'm passionate about it because naturally as i was getting good at it um but music is there's a lot of math involved with everything with physical sciences and music is one of them because you're just pushing airwaves and the way those airwaves interact with each other create new patterns and they behave predictably in ways that math can inform you and you can manipulate it. And that's how I understand music. But That's someone incredible.
1: Else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what you just said, that it's just impacting the airwaves, at how do we get timbre and tonality? Well, I guess that's just a different equation of airwaves then, right?
2: Most definitely. Most definitely. The harmonics wow. and all that kind of stuff. You know, like if you... Uh, There might be an overtone you hear because you're sitting in a room with somebody, but you turn the corner, you're just hearing the fundamentals. And that's because of the way that the air, uh, it lost the power in those higher frequencies, (laughs) you know, um, when it's time to turn the corner. But the bigger airwaves still propagate around the corner kind of thing. And outside.
1: I love this. Have you
2: done your TED talk yet? I did, I did, and people were looking for it, but I went over the time limit, and that's why they didn't post it publicly, but I'm in the process of, of editing it and getting it animated, so okay. I can put it out that way. I did I talk a little wait. bit about that.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to see you do a TED Talk on this. Yeah, that's what's wow. up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be amazing. That's my goal with the career musician. I want to take it to Ted, to the TED stage. So hey, Yeah, that's uh, what's up. Yeah. 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 This is fantastic, man. Good stuff. Bro, I can't wait for us to connect and hang and do more, you know, digging with all this stuff. This is fantastic. Would you mind if I ask you some quick, fun questions? Yeah, sure. All right. You don't have to think about it. Just spin them off. Uh Your favorite food? Pizza. Favorite drink? Water. Ah, favorite sport? Lacrosse. How do you spend your free time, assuming you have any? Free time. I know, right? I love that one. That's why I always th- say that. Right? Exactly. What's free time? What is this word you speak of? Free? Right. Free? <laughs> free time. Oh, man.
2: I, now I have some work to do on myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, w- I was about to say spend time with my daughter, but I actually right. schedule that because I got to clear things away. So that's I right. know that that's happening.
1: That's right. Uh, Drive or be driven? Empathy. (laughs) Empathy. You said said say
2: the same first thing that comes to mind, right? I love that.
1: I love that. Yeah, because I'm speaking in in a very uh, literal sense, like Uber or drive yourself. But I love the fact that you said Ah. empathy. You took it a whole nother level. See? Oh yeah, I,
2: I took it as like whatever situation calls for, do I need to drive the ship or do I need to be, be driven by the ship? I
1: love it. <laughs> I love it. We're leaving it right there. We're leaving it right there. <laughs> what activities do you enjoy on long flights besides catching up on sleep?
2: Pro tools. Ah, see? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I dang, know my I, past. Yeah, my neighbors get mad at me sometimes cuz that light is on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey. Right. I've over the past year before the pandemic, when I was still flying, of course, over the past year of traveling, I was learning Ableton. I was teaching mm-hmm. myself Ableton. So on those flights, I was just chipping away at that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the it. best place to do it. It's like, it what, is. Else, what
2: else you going to do?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the last song, band, or artist that you listened to that you had nothing to do with? You just listened to for fun. Uh,
2: the Mandalorian soundtrack.
1: Ooh, don't you love that?
2: I love it. You have you heard it? So
1: cool. I'm I'm like glued to the television with yeah. the whole series. And lo- yes, is this season
2: <laughs> out yet? I only saw the no, first season.
1: just season one. Just one. one. Okay, got gotcha. it. I'm late. I'm late to the game. I, uh, we just got Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago for okay. my daughter. <laughs> yeah, and we watched it as a family. Oh man, check out whole-
2: this. The, check out the soundtrack on any of these streaming services. The yeah. music alone is it's killing
1: just- man. I know. I have a decent system hooked up to the TV. And every time I heard the theme, I'm like, wow, now that's a powerful theme.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Ah, yeah.
1: Love that. Love that. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, Song. Well, let's say band or artist that really made an impact in your life that changed you, changed the way you thought about music.
2: Yellow Jackets.
1: Yellow Jackets.
2: Yeah. Between them and Maurice Ravel.
1: Maurice from oh, see, yeah. I love that. Oh, we didn't get to talk about that. Your classical background too. Yes. Okay. Mm, I love yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have both sides. I'm the same way. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, favorite TV show or movie. Now I know the Mandalorian might yeah, be one of them
2: Star or. Star Wars. Okay. I've, I haven't owned a TV since uh, 2001. So, ah, great. Yeah. I haven't seen any, I've I've seen about three movies in the last 10 years in the theater, but I've seen all the Star Wars.
1: Right, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha,
2: gotcha.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. What we're similar age. I remember, man, coming up with the little action figures and all the Star Wars stuff. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's beautiful. Shopping online or brick and mortar? Online. Okay. And your dream dream collaboration? You've had so many already, but if you could, dead or alive, if you could say, man, I this is my dream.
2: <sighs> Yellow Jackets.
1: Yellow. Yeah. There you yeah, go. yeah. 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 And that's Bob Minzer. Uh-huh. On horn And tell, run through the band again
2: Yeah, Bob Minter on horn uh, William Kennedy on drums right? Um, Jimmy Haslip on bass Haslip, that's right And Russell Ferrante on keys On piano And keys. three of them are USC professors So when I walked in my first day And they, and, and Russell Ferrante and Bob Mintzer were like Hey Jay <laughs> I was like Oh <laughs> God <laughs> i can't believe it my name is my name is right next to russell's because of alphabetical order on the roster and pop music russell ferrante j deal every time i see it i'm like Yo, what is going on
1: come on man that's amazing so your dream came true yeah it really is that's why
2: collaboration wise it kind of is in the education space you know we're in the same entity but yeah yeah, a lot I of my dreams it.
1: came true. All right, this last question is usually easy, uh, not so easy to answer, but I have a feeling I kind of suspect the answer. What would you do if you weren't a career musician? And Because I know your propensity for math, I kind of suspect it might be there. You know, mm-hmm. is that true? If you weren't a career musician, what do you think you'd be doing? A lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah,
2: most I definitely. Like that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Yeah, because I I, I feel they can help people. So, yeah, my dad, he (laughs) successful in his own right. And he went out and got a law degree and just never intended on being a lawyer. He said, I just want the knowledge so I can help people.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Jay Deal, this has been a treat. To have you on the Career Musician Podcast, man. Oh,
2: man, this is awesome. I'm so grateful that you called me. Thank you. And I can't wait to... Uh, the way you set it up and prompt these... Because I don't talk like this all the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a master interviewer, and it's like you get it. Oh, thank you. So I really appreciate you, man.
1: Ah, oh, thank you so much. I can't wait till we can collaborate on something in some manner. Yet to be determined. (laughs) Oh,
2: I'm about to hit you up. Watch.
1: I got something for you. (laughs) That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. My friend. Yes. Until the next gig, if you've enjoyed today's interview, please leave a review and subscribe to the Career Musician
0: Podcast. Help us continue to provide you with new and engaging content by getting our ratings up. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.
1: I'm just a nomad, a nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad